Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Come get your duds in order, cause we're bound to cross the water. Heave away, me jollies, heave away. Come get your duds in order, cause we're bound to leave tomorrow. Heave away, me jolly boys, we're all bound away. Sometimes we're bound for Liverpool, sometimes we're bound for Just in case you weren't tired enough of that, after 11 goals from the Canadian team against Germany yesterday, out east in Halifax. One and, uh, one and one now with the World Juniors with a chance to make it two wins in as many days. It is Brendan Escott here in today for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now, brought to you as always by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, World of Spas offering tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, relax with World of Spas. Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. There's a weird light here, Angie. Can you hear me? All right, we're good. Let's get things going. Uh, You will hear from Bob very shortly here. Oilers practicing today at Rogers Place and then jumping on the airplane heading out to Seattle. They will start two games in as many nights against the Kraken tomorrow on the road. And yeah, it's time for the Oilers to get Kraken. They're outside the playoff picture right now. And no, we haven't reached the new year yet. But uh, yeah, you would definitely agree with me when I say this team is not at the expectations that we had laid out preseason. Unless you really had a crystal ball, you probably didn't see this team outside the playoff picture. Fifth in the Pacific Division, but plenty of time, plenty of runway left to make this uh, to make this up. And I'll tell you what, they're getting some pretty darn good goaltending out of Stuart Skinner, as we saw against Calgary a couple nights ago. And, and uh, we'll see if Jack Campbell can get himself uh, righted in the second half of this season as well. Um, Oilers skills competition yesterday. We'll review who had the hardest shot. Who was the fastest skater? That one might surprise you, etc., uh, etc. Et sort of a fun time of year, right? I mean, it's uh, what is the listening habit right now? Uh, I, I'm not sure. It's the holidays, man. This is a day off for me, or was supposed to be, but here we are enjoying it together anyway. So. Uh, Oilers have a pretty reasonable stretch of games to to start making up some of this ground that I'm talking about again. It starts tomorrow, 8 o'clock puck drop on 6.30, Chad at Seattle, and then they're home for four in a row. Winnipeg, Seattle again, the Islanders, and Colorado. Bit of a gauntlet, but if Edmonton prides itself on being one of the upper echelon teams in the league, or that's the conversation they want to be mentioned in, then those are games you got to start trying to uh, <clears throat> trying to come out on the right side of, and maybe a few in a row. You want to keep in touch on today's show, you can do so on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline 780-496-0063. Ring in the new year, Trooper in town at the River Cree tomorrow night. Big sugar on New Year's Eve. Excitement, bet on it at the River Cree Resort and Casino. 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors text line as well. Get the new floors you've always wanted. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue or Head to AshleyFineFloors.com for more. We are on Twitter, the show at Oilers Now. Bob at Bob underscore Stoffer. You can find me at Brendan Escott. That's Brendan with an E. 
not an A. Top story today, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Again, skills competition in the books. It was a fun night last night at Rogers Place. And for those of you watching on Oilers Plus as well, um, Interesting, because Marcus Niemalainen, on paper, is not the fastest skater on this team, but they unleashed the uh, the can't-catch-Connor contest for the Oilers, and if you've been to a game at Rogers Place, perhaps you've seen this at the intermission, where they get the uh, the graphic or the hologram, sort of, of McDavid going around the ice, and instead of a fan trying to catch that hologram, it was his teammates this time around. So, of course, McDavid joked about how embarrassing it was for that to be the case straight out of the gate but it was uh it was a tight contest between the likes of dylan holloway and uh and who else was in that competition kylie yamamoto had the afterburners on after getting called out mcdavid said he was gonna coast through it and then yamo put on a bit of a performance but ultimately the 6-5 hulking defenseman marcus niemalainen uh he did not catch connor but he was the fastest man to attempt to catch connor at 26.27 seconds for two laps of the rink uh, you know behind the net kind of a thing uh accuracy shooting ryan nugent hopkins steps up first one to go shows them all how it's done a perfect four for four on targets in just 9.31 seconds there you go nuge connor gave him a run for his money as well but ultimately uh the, the nuge stole that one for team blue hardest shot competition I'm not sure about the radar gun on this one, okay? There was a couple of shots that looked quite hefty and and uh, and, and bless the EPS for, for being there behind the boards and holding the gun, but uh, Brett Kulak ended up taking what we'll call the unofficial title with a 97.7 mile per hour blast. This is all the top story today for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Recapping that uh, last night's uh, skills competition, Accuracy shooting, yes. Hardest shot, yes. And uh, there you had like a puck control relay. But I'll tell you what really stole the show. And that was the uh, the rough, rough relay at the end of the competition. The Oilers and their dogs out there competing together. And you thought McDavid was fast? Have you seen his miniature Bernadoodle Lenny? Leonard, as he's more officially known. Well, uh, Leonard was hot out of the gates. He burst down the ice right up the gut, as we've seen his dad do a few times here in Orange and Blue. And Lenny ended up winning the uh, rough, rough relay there for Connor with uh, a time of 22 seconds. So a lot of fun last night. I hope that if you were there and you brought the kids, you really got to enjoy it. Uh, we'll talk with Kevin Radomski, who's the director of business operations of the Oil Kings. They've got a couple of events coming up here uh, in the next little bit this weekend in fact that's worth noting if you've got the kidlets and are looking for another activity moving forward but there you go so we'll call that the top story for legacy heating and cooling but really it's you know that's that's fun in games but it's easier to have fun in games when you're a little bit further along in the standings than they are right now 19 15 and 2 Outside the playoff picture, not by much, but Calgary's win over Seattle last night, that was enough to leapfrog them. So I don't think this is a fifth-place team divisionally. Of course not. However, at some point, you got to start racking up wins. And I know this team's going to be capable of racking up wins, but it hasn't yet. There seems to be a missing ingredient 
to find that consistency. 780-496-0063 is the number to text and or call today with your thoughts. It was a it was a valiant effort against Calgary. I know uh, much of yesterday's show was was again directed at sort of the Mackenzie Weger incident, if you want to call it that, and a lack of response for Edmonton. Do not worry. Louis DeBrusque coming up today. We'll chat with him about the muted response from Edmonton and and how much of a theme that's been. Won't beat the dead horse, okay? Because we have that conversation a lot. But it's worth mentioning again, and we're going to get into the audio vault in a second. But Louie coming up at 1235-105. We'll hear from Kevin Radomski, as promised. We'll talk about the, the New Year's Day game for the Oil Kings. And then our NHL insider, John Shannon, will swing by as well at 135. But let's do this. Let's get to our direct workwear audio vaults. Proud to offer uh, on-site seamstress services and embroidery. Get your workwear and have it customized all in one trip with direct workwear. So uh, Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff on the show yesterday uh, talking about, and he's said this before, Frank agrees with most of you in this market that Edmonton, at the very least, needs a different dynamic in the forward group right now. I agree with the thought process and the response, the lack of response to the Uyghur hit on McDavid. Like, I don't care if the hit was clean. Whatever you think of the hit, I'm of the belief, and maybe this is an old-school Neanderthal mentality, that if anyone is breathing on 97, that something needs to be done about it. Because he's that critical to this team's success. Um, he's, you know, in some ways you could argue he's that critical to the success of the league. That's how good he is. Um, I mean, an absolutely magical season yet again. Um, you know, keeping the point streak going last night, you know, 31 goals now. It's ridiculous what he's been doing night in and night out. And, and last night, for a guy that doesn't always show a ton of emotion, gets the third period goal puts the team in front and you see a little outburst from him because he knows what this means. The yeah. team needs to get moving in the right direction and yeah. to hang on and get the win, I think was big, but I agree that it, it's just, it's a team mindset. And I wonder how much you'd be able to answer this better than me. I, I wonder how much the sort of internal mantra of, of how good this team's power play has been that part of the, the messaging from the coaching staff, to the rest of the players would be, hey, let's not retaliate. Let's not take the two-minute minor and let's hurt them on the scoreboard. I, I, you know, you could make the argument that that makes sense, but I just think from the, the outside looking in, you'd like to see a fiery response from the team. And I'm telling you, when you watch other games, there is a fiery response from lots of, you know, either insulating type players or whomever. And it just doesn't seem like a willingness to engage. There's too much of that onus placed on, well, two players, essentially two of them for this Oilers team. And one of them hasn't played since getting his wrist slashed in Tampa Bay. So, yeah, I think a different dynamic is needed. And uh, Frank Cervalli says as far as... As far as how the NHL considers their own body of work in protecting the stars, if you're not going to go out there with an enforcer and sort of patrol things yourself, I guess you're banking on the league doing it for you. But 
I don't know that everybody sees it that way. However, Sarah Volley says when you try and hold their feet to the fire, this is the league's response. We ask the questions, and year in and year out, whether it's at GM meetings in November or it's GM meetings in March, they believe the game is called better than it's ever ever has been. They believe it's more consistent. They believe the review process they have in place with their officials is producing better results. And for the influx of new officials, they're really happy with where they're at. Um, and every time we ask the question about better protecting the stars, the answer is always, we're doing a good job. Which stars? Because it doesn't really seem to be the case that officials are bending over backwards to protect the stars. We've had this conversation for several seasons now about the amount of penalties that McDavid draws and that sort of thing. And and that's a whole different conversation in and of itself. But the bottom line is, I think there's more confusion, not only amid the fan base, but amid the players about the rules. So the fact that the league is is sort of doubling down on, on how they've been enforcing things isn't necessarily encouraging to me. Now, Sir Volley on yesterday's show, and he is familiar, of course, with the Philadelphia market, talking about the Flyers' toughness and what a different dynamic that is. And uh, maybe there's some options out of there that Edmonton could seriously pursue. have a bunch of guys that uh, have an edge to them, and maybe you could make a joke about the Flyers and their lack of talent. And certainly, I would not hail them as any sort of model on how to build out your roster. It's just that the Oilers group from you know top to bottom up front is very similar in terms of style of player yeah there there's you, you need archetypes you need different guys that do different things and they've got it figured out at a lot of the skill positions whether it's you know playmaker or you've got one of the best power play specialists in the league in, in Ryan Nugent Hopkins you you need other elements to your team that aren't just skill and that's how you win that's how you be successful to me, you need someone who can win face-offs. You need somebody who puts the fear of God into the other players. And you need somebody on the back end who can get nurses' minutes down to a reasonable level and help bolster that left side. I think you can accomplish all of this at a reasonable dollar value. And I think, I think this is probably the year that we see them really go for it at the trade deadline. They've gone for it in free agency in acquiring guys like Hyman and Kane in that sense and Campbell. It's not like management's not pushing, but here we are in another season below expectations, creeping toward the trade deadline, and I think that this team's probably closer than ever to pulling the trigger on a move that's going to help really bolster things. They need something more fortified in the bottom six, and we'll explore that further of course um as we have really ad nauseum throughout this first half of the season but louis debrasco some thoughts on that john shannon too coming up later in today's show we'll take our first time out on oilers now when we come back we'll hopefully have contact with your regular host bob stoffer with the lines and such from oilers practice today all right bob down at rogers place just before the team gets on the airplane to uh head to seattle front half of a back-to-back bob uh, what are the lines looking like maybe we'll start there can <laughs> well, we get we'll any read? fact brendan that they had the two teams split up they had the defense oh. <laughs> on the downtown community arena and then they had the forwards doing primarily a skills session 
and all the forwards were out there with the exception of Leon Drysaddle. So he's now not been at practice the last couple of days. Uh, Jay Whitcroft, I'm just walking over here because I stepped out of the media room, has uh, not started his availability yet. Uh, so, I mean, it's interesting that Leon hasn't been out there the last couple of days. Um, so, I mean, basically it was a, you know, they've got 13 forwards going because Hamlin and Shore haven't been playing. And if, uh, if there's a possibility, and I don't know if, uh, what's going on with Leon yet, we'll get a little bit better idea here over the next 24 hours. But uh, I would assume at this stage, you know, if he were to miss any time, it'd be short term um, because he finished the game. I mean, he was on the ice for the second last shift against Calgary the other night. So a little bit tough to read the lines, uh, a lot of work on skills. And it's interesting that you replayed uh, the Frank Valley bit yesterday because I can tell you that there's... Uh, I think you might see some teams maybe not wait to the deadline to address some areas of weakness. Yeah, I just uh, I just can't understand how you've got 99% of the fan base leaping off the couch, and you don't listen to the fans to make yourself a successful general manager. But it, it, it's like I, I just can't figure out why there's such a muted response when stuff like that happens, when so much of, of uh, I guess, what I would consider to be hockey fans are ready to you know suit up for the league minimum and go do something about it. So. <laughs> yeah, well... And- and it's not just at the NHL level. I mean, the Oilers last night, they're, they're Bakersfield, and they were playing the second of the back-to-back, but they're playing, you know, Calgary's farm team, and they they pounded them. They, they beat Bakersfield 9-2. to um, Bakersfield's got a lot of, you know, 20, 21-year-old prospects, and Calgary's got an older, that Wrangler squad, which used to be stocked, and they're, they're older, more veteran team. Uh, Noah Phelps ended up getting in a fight last night. Jason Demers did. But, you know, there's... There's a belief that you can intimidate through the power play. I personally am of the belief that when you have a team like Edmonton that's front-loaded with the minutes that they play with David and Drysaddle at 22, you know, and Kane will come back, you know, maybe earlier than we originally expected, but he's a 20-minute-a-game player, and so are Hyman and Nugent Hopkins. You can afford the luxury of having a number 12 forward that provides you with some energy, even if it's a guy like McEwen out of Philadelphia who, you know, isn't the greatest fighter but will fight and certainly can skate and hits and John Tortorella's you know loves him that that tells you something about the value of a player like that so it hasn't just been missing at the NHL level they haven't placed a priority in the American League level and then you turn around and you know they got players that are you know making guarantees north of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars between the NHL and the AHL that haven't scored an even strength goal in the minors this year so uh, you know I, I to me those are seven hundred and fifty, eight hundred thousand dollar players that you should be able to find. So I, I think it's some. I, I think you will see a little bit of an organizational shift over the course of the next nine months in that regard. But I think most fans want to see that being expedited as soon as possible. I would agree with that. Uh, hey, we lost Pele today. I, I just wonder yeah. what your memories are of, of him. Well, you know, I missed. So the first World Cup I watched was in '74, and by that point, Pele was done. But of course, we all know. I mean, he won a World Cup at seventeen and fifty-eight, and you know. Brazil emerged as this, you know, the country that truly played the beautiful game, right? With the Stalin panache. And I remember the 82 World Cup. And, it, that, you know, I, I know Italy ended up winning with Paulo Rossi getting the hat trick and all that, but Brazil was by far the most exciting team. Uh, and what my, as an 11 year old, seeing Pele play with the Cosmos. You know, that was a pretty significant time. They had also had Giorgio Chinelli at that time as well. And so, Unfortunately, I missed him in his prime. You know, he won the World Cup in 58, 62, and 70. They scored one of the greatest goals ever in 70 on a buildup against Italy in the final. The guy's 
I mean, he's arguably the most famous athlete, second most famous athlete that's ever lived. Only Muhammad Ali yeah. would, right? Like, think of, I mean, I don't know if you've had that discussion with fans yet on the Ashley Fine Flores text line, but Pele is probably second to Muhammad Ali. And for me, as the greatest athlete, that's now we're in Edmonton. We've got Wayne Gretzky from our Edmonton centric position. We'll argue Wayne Gretzky, and maybe we're watching another guy in Connor. That's you know, we, we might be, but for me, Pele is up there with Ali as the greatest athlete of all time. Appreciate it, Bob. Uh, have a safe, fi- uh, safe flight down to Seattle. All right. All right. See you. Bye bye. Thanks, man. That's Bob Stoffer there checking in on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. We're making Andrew Quinnell work, so we're throwing it right to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell back with Louis DeBrusque.